The Nate Taylor Show is here. Karenson is here. Nate Taylor is here. Nate Taylor, how are you doing today, my man? I'm living right, Carrington. I just sat on my couch all weekend. It was excellent. I was going to ask you, you know, you have, you know, a little one. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes when you're wrapping gifts, you try to be deceptive. <laughs> you know, my mom. It's more it's more Holly's job. <laughs> my mom was really smart, so if I got a video game, she would put it in a different box so you couldn't mm-hmm. see that it was a CD, you know? Ah. You know, I thought this wild card weekend was going to be socks. That's what I thought. I thought it was going to be socks. And it was a pleasant surprise. It was an iPod. It was great. I couldn't believe you and I both. Yeah. We left here thinking, maybe that'll be one. One game, please, Maybe Lord. two. It was an entire weekend. I mean, once we got past San Francisco and Seattle. But that was good for like three quarters. It was good. Yeah. And then the next four games were just incredibly interesting. By the time we get off here, we'll have a chance to watch Monday Night Football between the Bucks and the Cowboys. This was a super wild card weekend this in the is, National Football League. Yeah, this is what the league wanted, right? More playoff games, more one-score playoff games before you get to the divisional round where you have to play, obviously, eight teams, four games. And, and obviously, everybody starts feeling that the season is coming to an end, but... No, this was this was good, man. Um, it didn't have Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, obviously, no Tua Tagovailoa because of the concussions he's had. But hey, Tyler Huntley was good for most of that game, and the Bengals won. Um, I think it's good for the league because again, they have one score games. It is dramatic, and more than likely, the the better team has won every game so far. Um, because I think you know we talked about this on Friday, Karen. But like I thought, hey, maybe the Giants got got one game in them to beat the Vikings. Um, but every other team has won the way they're supposed to. The big benefit for the Chiefs, Carrington, is has there been a playoff game yet? Where on the AFC, and I don't think this is. I, I think this is true. Like maybe Jacksonville, but like mm, these teams are going through injuries right now, and obviously the the physical and the mental strain you have to do to win a playoff game. Um, you knew the bye week was, like, valuable and important, but now you're really like, man, Cincinnati got another, you know, offensive lineman going down. Man, you know, Josh Allen was kind of shaky. Um, you know, they have their own issues on defense, even with Skyler uh, Thompson being the third, you know, string quarterback playing well at times against Buffalo. Uh, the Chiefs are rested. They're relatively healthy compared to their peers, um, and now they have, you know, what us what we assume is the easier path. They don't have to play Buffalo and Cincinnati, but it was a good weekend. It was nice to, like, just see some exciting games and still feel like the better teams won. You don't feel like you got cheated, even though the league has now <laughs> constructed six games out of this stupid week. So this was my big takeaway. This is how I opened the show today. Uh-huh. I opened the show with the top three teams in the AFC are perfectly flawed. Mm-hmm. You and I have talked about Kansas City's flaws over the course of the season. Special teams, a little bit shaky. Whew. I think they have the weakest defense out of those three teams. I don't know, man. Buffalo looking kind of shaky right now. I think we're seeing what happened in the Broncos games, that if you're going to turn the ball over three or four True. times, those are just yeah. going to lead to points on the other side. Yep. If, so the, the if, point, the, if the other team is just anywhere competent. Right. To the point with Buffalo. The Josh Allen turnover thing is a real thing. Mm-hmm. He had 13 interceptions and five fumbles this year. He was a turnover machine. 
You, it's hard to win games if your quarterback turns the ball over once or twice every single time out there as he did against the Dolphins. You mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. And from week 15, so this wasn't like this was the beginning of the season. Week 15, they have three different starters on the offensive line. So just over the last month, yeah. they've lost three offensive linemen. You could poke holes in all three of the top teams in the AFC. It really comes down to two things. Who can protect their quarterback? Who can protect the ball? And if you can do that for two straight games, you'll find yourself in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you might even do that in, in Atlanta, right? I mean, that's still on the on the table, too. With Buffalo winning yesterday, it, it prevented all the all the storylines carried to. Were you, were you kind of like midway through the second quarter being like, why don't we just have Miami win so that we can have Tyreek Hill week? I know <laughs> for a week. I know this won't be a very popular stance on the text line. <laughs> I really wanted Buffalo and Cincinnati to win. Oh, just okay. because I want to see that the game. better game. Yeah, you want to see we the better didn't, game. We didn't get the opportunity to see that on Monday Night Football. Right. We all were anticipating, wanted to see it. I just want to see those two teams settle it out on the field. The Chiefs were going to get a favorable matchup in the second round anyway. Yes. You got Jacksonville or the Ravens. Or, or the Dolphins. Without either one of their quarterbacks. So it's not like Lamar was going to play next week or Tua Tonga. So it's not to me like I was maybe cheating the Chiefs. Like you're going to have to beat a good team at some point anyway. Yes. Right. At least give me the other game that we all. Next Sunday has a chance to be a special, special. day in the National yes. Football League. Yes. Like I think DeMar Hamlin's going to be at the game. Mm-hmm. If he's there, it's Bills and Bengals. You got the nightcap game yep. between San Francisco and whoever wins this game. Like next Sunday has a chance to just be a great day in the National Football League. So I want it. I want to see the best teams, the best coaches, the best quarterbacks as healthy as they can be playing these games. Isn't that why we watch? I want to I see. Mean, the, yeah. I want to watch the best teams play each other in the playoffs. So I was actually rooting for Bengals at this. Now I don't care who wins. Between those two teams, Cincinnati can right. win, Buffalo can win. I don't care not at this point, yeah. but I want to see them get the opportunity to settle it on the field, and we can have an idea of who the better team is. Because I don't know who the better team is. I mean, I think I know who the better team is. It's, it's the team brain, black and orange. I mean, I think they're the better team too. But Vegas has Buffalo as a five point favorite, and Which you is and I both, wild. you and I know. I don't, I don't. It doesn't matter what you and I think. We know you want to know who always Vegas knows. knows. Vegas, Vegas yeah. knows. Vegas knows. They must think that, like you know. Um, that Cincinnati is not going to be able to just protect Burrow, and that will be an issue. Um, I don't know, man. Giving five points to Josh Allen when he, as you've mentioned, been turning the ball over. There was a moment, though, yesterday where I was just like, you know what? Tyreek Hill and Joshua Williams, one-on-one. Who says no, guys? Like, I mean, I know Chiefs fans say no because he can be wide open. But I do love the, hey, post-game handshake between Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Like, God, I don't want to see it. By the way, kids, you'll get to see it next year because the two teams are scheduled to play with another. But why don't we see it now in Arrowhead? Tyreek Hill getting booed constantly. We're not going to have that this Saturday against Jacksonville. All credit to Jacksonville, who um, had the worst half of football and then had the best half of football over the weekend. But, yeah, I, I think, honestly, I think Cincinnati is probably the better team. Um, by the way, if Cincinnati wins and the Chiefs wins, it will be an absolute rematch of last year's AFC Championship game back in Arrowhead, so that would remove the neutral site AFC Championship game in, in Atlanta. But yeah, Carrington, it was it was a really it was a really good weekend in the AFC because you can make an argument that hey, um, Trevor Lawrence is just as good as you know Justin Herbert, 
and his team advanced because they played better in the fourth quarter. Um, we obviously think the Chiefs are better than the Jaguars, but at least we know the Jaguars are competent. There have been times where the Chargers have just chargered or chargering. I mean, Twitter was amazing on Saturday night. We're like, you you have to be by your television. The Chargers are literally chargering. When was the moment where you knew the Chargers were going to lose? When when it was first down. It was somewhere in like, I, I guess you look at the box score, but it was either late in the third or early in the fourth. The, the Chargers have the ball. It's like, hey, you need to run some clock and you need to get some first downs. And they're like, you know what? We're going to pass on first down. And uh, Justin Herbert was sacked immediately, and I said, oh, boy. <laughs> they behind the chains. Uh, the crowd was really into it, so give Jacksonville credit. Like, those people were very invested in the second half. But when it was clear that, like, the Chargers weren't going to move the ball, it's like, man. And you know that Jacksonville's in that quick tempo, hurry-up offense. They're just going to run snaps after snap after snap, and the Chargers defense is going to get tired as the game goes along. You're just like, man, if they can't maintain possession, if they can't find easy completions for Justin Herbert, um, all the Jacksonville Jaguars have to do is just, you know, pitch and catch, and they're going to go right down the field, and that's exactly what happened. But, um, you know, even after the penalty with with Walker, with Trevor Walker, the, the first-round pick, and then them getting, you know, basically another three and out a couple of plays later, that was that was wild. So um, I thought Austin Heckler was going to be, like, the key to the game. He didn't really have a good game in the second half. But, man, when when you know the, the momentum is turning, when you know that, like, everybody's looking around like, we haven't won together in the postseason, um, it just gives the younger, more inexperienced team with a better coach a, a chance to come and catch you. And they did, and, you know, hopefully that will get the Chiefs' attention um, because you never want to go into a playoff game assuming you're going to win, but at least – they had just seen an example of you got to respect them for all 60 minutes. You can't take them lightly, even if you're up 17 nothing, not 27 nothing. Like, you should still, you know, keep the level of concentration focus on what the task is and not make mistakes. The crazy thing about this, Carrington, is the Chiefs won a game against the Jaguars earlier this year, and I'm sure you referenced it, where they had three turnovers. It was minus three, and they won by 10 against the Jaguars. So... By and large, that proves you're the better team. The Jaguars turned the ball over five times and won. How? Like, how? Um, I assume the Chiefs will not turn the ball over five times, Carrington. Um, But the Chiefs do need to understand that it's going to be probably harder than they anticipate um, because the moment the Chargers started underestimating them was the moment they started losing. Coming up on the other side, we'll continue to take a look at Super Wildcard Weekend. We'll also look ahead to Chiefs and Jaguars. Also, tonight's playoff game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Keep it locked in right here. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. The Nate Taylor Show. Carrington here. Of course, Nate Taylor is here, taking you up until 8 o'clock. The Monday night football playoff game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers has just kicked off. The Cowboys have the ball first. The game is starting over on ESPN. They also have the Manning cast Mm -hmm. on right now. If you want to check that out, I saw that Deion Sanders 
is the first guest tonight on yeah. the main guest. Yeah. Um, also, Dan Campbell. Just bite kneecaps. <laughs> bite kneecaps. Hey, what, would you, what would you do here on this down and distance? Bite kneecaps. kneecaps. Are the kneecaps available to be bitten? So I want to bounce back and forth between the matchups that we just saw and also getting people ready for Saturday's matchup against the Jaguars. I got to get your thoughts on what's happening with the Ravens right now. Mm. It feels very similar to how things ended in Houston. Now, I think that oh, the I think the Ravens are obviously this. a better organization than what the Ravens are. Uh-huh. But you remember that playoff loss to Kansas City, nothing was the same after that. Mm. Deshaun Watson wasn't the same after that. Bill O'Brien didn't coach too much longer after that. DeAndre Hopkins got was gone. JJ yes. Watt was gone after that. Like that was sort of the end of the Texans. The J.K. Dobbins comments are some of the most damning I've ever heard from a position player towards you, his current team. You got Especially that, one who's under contract still. Right. You got that audio? Yeah. yeah. Let, let's play it for it because I, I listened to it about three times today. And obviously there's video behind it too. And you can just see um, kind of the disdain in his eyes and the lack of trust that he feels. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you're going to hear more gut-wrenching quotes than what J.K. Dobbins said last night. I should be the guy. I'm tired of holding that back tired of that 12 it's the playoffs i'm tired of holding that back let's go win the game i'm tired of holding back on that i'm tired of that did, like, did you say that to anybody on yeah the i did i'm tired of, i'm tired of, i'm tired of it i'm tired of that i'm tired of it like i'm tired of it like like i'm a playmaker i'm a i'm a guy that my teammates feed off me when i'm on the field i should be out there all the time you know what i'm saying but that's just not the case how i go here So that was some of J.K. Dobbins' comments after last night's loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Just, it's been a weird, really, two weeks for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. The Lamar Jackson tweet that you and I both know is very abnormal for an injured player to speak that openly about his injury on social media. The Sammy Watkins comment that... If there's any player in the NFL that ain't going to tell me to rub some dirt on it, it's Sammy Watkins. He has no (laughs) history of telling me to do that. That didn't make any sense. Sammy got that ring, though. Yeah, that don't make no sense. I can't believe Sammy Watkins. Dude, you just got here. Lamar Jackson's Instagram story, the J.K. Dobbins comments. It just feels like there's a lot going on with the Ravens, and and you know this very well. You're Mm -hmm. in NFL locker room every day. It's hard enough to win in the league. It's hard to win when guys got different agendas. Your quarterback wants to get paid. Your running back wants to get the ball more. You got Marcus. You, you got so many different personalities. What makes Andy so good is right. he gets everybody to take a little bit less of themselves for the team concept. That's the only way a team can really work. Everybody can't be 100% of themselves. Somebody's got to take 85%. Somebody's got right. to take 90 Somebody's got to give 105%. Like That's part of being in a team. It just doesn't feel like the Ravens are really unified enough that it's hard to win a championship doing it the way they're trying to right now. And and my biggest criticism of, of John Harbaugh is this, like you've won a Super Bowl. Obviously you've transformed the franchise to replicate and it really accentuate Lamar Jackson's unique gifted skills. Why is he not on the sideline? Like that, that blew my mind. Like you, you are the, Superstar quarterback. We all yes, we know you're hurt. But name me another quarterback, Harrington, that's not gonna make the trip. That's not gonna be there to support. That's not gonna be there to say, hey, look out for this on the next third down, or hey, you know, they're tipping you off here on this coverage or this blitz. He wasn't with the team. Um, 
and JK, I completely understand and, and respect his thoughts because um, he played really well. You're inside the five-yard line. You should just hand him the ball three times. Um, I understand running a quarterback sneak to some extent. Tyler Huntley's got to not lean for the ball because he's not 6'11". He's not an NBA player. And he's too far away, I think, to do that. Yeah, he's basically at the two-yard line when he starts. Um, and look, the, the Bengals made the correct play. Hey, if you want to show us the ball, we're going to knock it out of your hand and, and take it to the house. But, yeah, between veteran guys trying to get – and I think from Sammy's perspective, I understand this. Like, hey, I don't feel good. <laughs> like, I'm Sammy Watkins. But I know when it's playoff time and if you are able to go, you go because you don't know how many more chances you're going to have to compete at the highest level to maybe get to a Super Bowl if everything goes right. Well, everything can't go right if we don't have our quarterback or we don't have really a, a chance and we're asking too much of Tyler Huntley. So if you got veterans, you know, talking down to the star player who's hurt, the star player who wants to make it very much known that, like, I'm not 100% do not criticize me sort of behavior, and then he's not going to be there with the team during the game to support his teammates when it's the ultimate team game, yeah, there's something going on with the coach in his disconnect or his inability to unify the team. Um, and so even for someone like Andy Reid, who is obviously, you know, John Harbaugh is obviously a disciple of, of Andy Reid. But, yeah, this this goes to Andy Reid sort of saying that, like, this is, like, what is – remind everybody what's the most important thing, which is winning and playing well and, like, doing right by your teammates so your teammates can do right by you. Um, one thing that he really gained this year – by the trade of Tyreek Hill and understanding that Travis Kelsey is in year 10, he is accomplished, and getting all these new receivers is Mahomes can tell everybody, I'm going to give you the ball if you're open. We're going to spread it around. We're not going to have 15 targets here and five for everybody else. Like, we're going to run the offense to benefit everybody, and that's going to make us that much harder to defend because we're going to be so balanced. Well, now the coach and the quarterback are on what? They're on the same message, Carrington. And now it has led them to be the number one seed in the AFC. They're, again, all healthy. Uh, the expectation is McCall Hartman will have a role Saturday against the Jaguars. So if everybody's healthy and we got our offensive line intact, and when I give you the ball and you make a play, we'll give you it again, and we'll keep this thing going, and everybody can, you know, experience success individually and collectively as a team, well, that's how the game is supposed to work. Um it's unfortunate that an injury to their best player pretty much um, discombobulated their entire season in Baltimore. And it doesn't help that they had chances to win the game to where you can criticize a coach as to say, hey, if you don't have your star quarterback, you do have your star running back who did come back from injury, who is ready to sort of carry the team, and you don't give him a chance at the goal line? Yeah. It's, Especially uh, when he's been one of the best goal backs in the league. It's – um. I mean, you you have a right to be criticized. And, yeah, I don't know what's ultimately going to happen because I want to remind people that Lamar Jackson has no leverage. <laughs> like, he does and he doesn't. They can franchise tag him. Now, he can say, all right, if you want to do that, trade I'm me. Signing. I'm not signing. I'm not signing, that. you know, see you in a year, or you could trade me. I think Lamar Jackson is going to play for the Atlanta Falcons. If you're asking me right Sign now, what's my, what's my big – Oh, What's in a my wide big... open AFC, or excuse me, in a wide open NFC South? Yeah, I, I think he's going to play for the Atlanta Falcons. <sighs> if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, 
I make the phone call today, and mm. I'm offering up the eighth overall pick, and I'm using that as a foundation for a trade for Lamar Jackson. You know they were in on Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I think that's where Deshaun Watson was about to go. Before he got a Cleveland, guaranteed contract. Yeah, Cleveland came in there. <laughs> I think he's going to Atlanta. Man. Indoors. And you know that fan base in that city mm-hmm. would love, love Lamar Jackson. Love it. I think he's going to Atlanta. And I thought there was a, a slight chance that he might go to Miami if things shaked out a certain way. But Tua played so well, and he's still a rookie. He's still under a rookie contract. Their so GM just, came out today and was pretty emphatic that Tua's coming back, too. Well, you know, it's it's early. I know, <laughs> it's but, early like, in the but, off like, but like sometimes right. they say it and it's like, a, eh, I don't know. Right. He was like, I don't know how much more clear I can be. To, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Then why don't you give him a contract? <laughs> They're not going to do that. No, they're not giving him a contract. <laughs> but that's how we would believe you. Oh, but I thought there was, early in the year, there was some sort of, I guess, a movement, some some talk about, like, hey, well, if it doesn't work out this year, and we know Lamar's on a, on a contract year, hey, maybe someone like Miami, who was obviously lusting for Tom Brady, that maybe that might be a possible solution if it didn't work out with Tua Tong Valor. Now that you bring up Atlanta, <sighs> Man, that's gonna be that's gonna be something to talk about at the combine. Uh, looking forward to that. Man, Atlanta just makes too much it makes sense. Too much sense because the the division's wide open, and Arthur Smith, you know, he can. I know he can coach. You know, they've gotten decent results out of um, guys who can't throw the football to Kyle Pitts. They also got like, some good young weapons. They got mm-hmm. Drake London. They got Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You, you don't need a great running back if you got Lamar Mm-mm. indoors. Or, or or your running back is even more uh, useful because now you got to, from a number standpoint, you got to make sure you you have a number matchup for the quarterback. I mean, it's tough. Like, they, they had an advantage e- even yesterday with Tyler Hutley. <laughs> and the Bengals are like, well, I mean, he can run it too. So, I mean, I guess we have to account for him. Um, so, yeah, if Lamar gets back to being fully healthy, it makes a lot of sense. And, look, it's not like, the AFC North's getting any easier. I mean, we know Joe Burrow's going to pretty much control that division for a while. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin's still in the division, so you have to respect the Steelers. Um, but, yeah, the idea that John Harbaugh, for much of the last two weeks, has been pretty, you know, open in saying that, like, hey, I don't know what Lamar's doing. Like, I don't think Andy would handle it that way, which kind of shows you that, you know, sometimes you handle it a certain way and it doesn't it doesn't work with players. And sometimes another coach handles it a different way, and players respond it and respect it more often. So, um, whether it's Brendan Staley and the situation with <laughs> Joe Bosa, whether it's obviously this with with Lamar and and I mean just J.K. Dobbins, man, whoo, he gonna be thinking about that all off season. They didn't give me the ball. He also has one year left on his deal, and you and I both know like. Now, it used to be like your contract expired. Now, mm-hmm. if you got one year left on your deal and your team hasn't made a decision on whether they're going to pay you or not, you, you almost a become a free, free agent. agent. Yeah, you, you basically know what become I mean? You become a free agent. If, you're, if your agent's doing it the right way, you basically mm-hmm. become a free agent. So yeah. we'll see what happens here really quickly because I want to get back. We're kind of bouncing back and forth here. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. But Brock Purdy has a lot of <laughs> he has a lot of 2001 Patriots energy right now. Does it not feel like the 01 Patriots? Now, I gotta now we obviously know what Brady turned into. Yes. But you remember back in 01, it was like, hold on, this kid from the sixth round from Michigan? Hold on, you, you, you got to go back to Drew? No. Nope. No, 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 no. And then it was like, hold on, like this, this Brady guy's playing kind of good. You remember the, for those, for the, I know what we know now about Tom Brady. You yes. Remember, for those first three or four years, 
Brady was doing the same kind of ball control. Don't make mistakes. I'm not saying he is Tom Brady. I'm not saying he will be anything close (laughs) to it. But seventh round pick, hey, we're not asking you to do a lot. Run the ball, play defense, Mm -hmm. really talented. Get the ball to your playmakers. It feels very 0-1 Patriots-esque. It, I mean, I will never forget this. The the, I will never forget being in my house and agreeing with John Madden. I'm like, nope, you play for overtime against the you know, greatest show on turf Rams, and he drove them down the field to win the game. Cool too. Calm. Oh, I mean, here's here's a slight difference. Uh, Brock Purdy is. More athletic than Tom Brady ever was in his career, at least from an ex, you know scrambling, extending the plays. The touchdown he had where he extended the play against the Seahawks, I was like, that looks kind of Pro Bowlish. So I, I get your point, Carrington. Um, is there a Kevin Falk on the 49ers? <laughs> <laughs> is there? I look like I'm gonna just I'm gonna just name some names. Is there? Is 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 are there? Do they have receivers better than Troy Brown? They got a squad, man. <laughs> I think we saw this weekend they're the most talented team in the they league. They got such a squad. I think the most talented team in the league. They got a fullback. I mean, they, uh, they really only have one weakness, and it's the quarterback. And I know it's a really big weakness, but if he's playing he's not like turning this, the ball over. you right. can run the football. They got a good offensive line. They got weapons on the outside. They got the best defensive player in the National Football League. That team's got dogs. They were throwing. They were. He was throwing a David Patton, man. <laughs> Come on. Like. Hey, you can have David Patton or uh, Brendan Ayuk. <laughs> I'm gonna take Ayuk. I mean, he got they got such a squad. I got a hot take for you here. Okay, Brandon Ayuk is what Chiefs fans want MVS to be. I should look up. I should look up how many how many times has Brandon Ayuk been targeted? Think about that. I'm, we got to take a break here. Okay. Think about that though. Ooh. Brandon Ayuk is what Chiefs fans want MVS to be. I like Brandon Ayuk. I, like, I, I think he's a good I, player. I like him too. I think he's a good player. We'll be back. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Let me update you guys on what's happening right now in the NFC wildcard matchup between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. There have been four possessions in the game. There have been a total of three yards gained. Nick, maybe you didn't hear me. It's a game of attrition. There have been four possessions in the game. Four in the first five minutes. There have been three total yards. Great game to bet the under. 12 plays, three yards gained so far in the Cowboys and Buccaneers. So if you are... You know, maybe driving somewhere to get to watch this you game. You ain't miss nothing. I'm here to tell you that you at least so far in the first five minutes, thing. you have not missed anything. Hey, uh, turn over to ESPN too. At least Coach Prime's <laughs> on. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you might be missing something. But as of right now, you have not missed anything in the matchup between those two football teams. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they saved the worst game for everybody. <laughs> for they, uh, they definitely did that. They, uh, they definitely left the worst game out there. So right now we're talking to Nate Taylor. It's the Nate Taylor show here. The way the Viking season ended, uh-huh. 
is the most Kirk Cousins ending Ooh. to anything I've ever seen. <laughs> it it's the cool. most Kirk Cousins thing I've ever seen. You got to give your team a chance. If you throw an interception in that situation, whatever, the season's who cares? over. Yeah, who cares? Like, what, what I tell you, what I tell you on Friday on your show, you asked me about all the games. And I said, I was most interested in Vikings, Giants, because I knew just shake eight. Both teams just shake each other's hands, one score a game, put six minutes on the clock. And that's what it was. It was awesome. And Kurt actually played really well until, like, fourth and we got to have it. Fourth and eight. And what I tell you, I say, hey, where's 18? He did it against the Buffalo Bills earlier this year. Hey, where's 18? Just throw it, just throw it somewhere in his direction. He's so amazing, he might come down with it. He didn't even do that. Carrington, he threw the flat route on fourth and eight. <sighs> didn't take a sack, didn't have a turnover, but basically didn't try to win the game at the very end of the game. Or... Wanted to give his teammate a chance, and it wasn't. Hey, you know, hey, if it's if it's Justin, it's just, if it's Justin Jefferson, two yards before the stick. All right. Did Justin did Justin Jefferson catch that ball, Carrington? Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I think Viking fans probably knew, like, you know, hey, if we win. We probably gonna get stomped by the 49ers next week. But at least win your first game. But, but win the, win the first. Especially against Daniel Jones. Who was who was excellent. You know who I actually was left really impressed with? That excellent. We kind of forget, you know, like, you know, you and I joked earlier in the season about the when they're healthy. Yes. Oh, all-stars. Saquon yes. Barkley is healthy. incredible. Healthy. Saquon Barkley is incredible. He's he's so good. Really good. They were just like, hey. And, like, you kind of forget how good he is uh-huh. just because, you know, it's the Giants. I'm not really, you know, keeping up I don't watch up him every yeah. week. Yeah. I'm not keeping up with him. But there was one run. He scored a touchdown. He got hit at, like, the three-yard line. I'm too strong. You're not tackling me in this situation. I'm about to carry you to the end zone. <laughs> yeah. And, look, um, shout out to Mike Kafka, right, former Chiefs uh, quarterback coach, now the offensive coordinator, says he's not going to take any jobs right now because – he about to cook up something for the Eagles, the way he coaching right now. But, yeah, Daniel Jones looked well. Saquon has been – he was really excellent the first month of the season. And then you knew playing the running back position, knowing how hard he runs, it's like there's going to be some attrition there. But um, they've managed him well in the second half of the season. Karen said he caught a pass, like a little short pass, and was like, oh, yeah, this is 20 yards. And – the Vikings were like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Can you can you just go out? Or can you just go out of bounds? Can you just go out of bounds? So I, I like what the Giants are doing. They're gonna they're gonna push the Eagles. Like that's the cool thing. It's like you know that Giants team is not really afraid of the Eagles. Like, we also learned this week how the importance of these divisional matchups. You yeah, know? the Dolphins. That game maybe goes a little bit different if mm-hmm. they play Cincinnati in round one. You don't know mm-hmm. them nearly as much, so your game planning and prep is a little bit different. Same thing Correct. for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. A little bit different. You're playing a team, hell, you just played them last week. You know them really well. You know their tendencies. You know their strengths and weaknesses. Yep. You give the Giants a chance in this. This is a divisional game. There would be no situation in which you'd be shocked if the Giants beat the Eagles. Ever. And, and there's no there's no pressure on the Giants. Not at all. I mean, the pressure. You're also going into an environment that you know. Mm-hmm. You're not going on the road to Arrowhead. Hey, you haven't been to Arrowhead in seven years. Right. You're going into a place you played there earlier this season. You know what to expect. Yep. And they and they've got to beat you a th- three straight times. Which unless you're the 
you know, the, that was that was the cool thing about the 49ers was like, hey, they won all three games comfortably against the against the Seahawks, a team who made the playoffs. Um, I don't know if if Philly's going to do that next week, but hey, um, it should be a fun matchup um, from those teams. But yeah, I just, you know, Karen, I get the sense that the one seed was really important for the Chiefs because it prevented them from playing the Bengals and playing the Bills or vice versa. Um, Philly's kind of a beat-up team, so they needed the bye week just to get healthy. We'll see what happens with Lane Johnson, if he can still play at a high level on the offensive line. How is uh, Jalen Hurts' right shoulder injury going to sort of affect the way he performs um, on Sunday? So, yeah, or I guess that game's on Saturday, too. Yeah, I think both one seeds are on Saturday. Chiefs, mm-hmm. Chiefs will open up divisional round, followed by the Eagles. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you forget when a dude is right and a dude is healthy and highly motivated, he can he can be really, really good. So um, it'll be fascinating to figure out which of those players on the Chiefs will have a similar type performance. Like if it's McCole Hardman coming back from injury and they've just sort of managed him over the last few weeks so that he could be at his absolute peak condition. Um, and obviously that speed can, you know, obviously influence the game in a certain way. You know, I think Kadarius Tony has a chance to – have some pretty cool highlights against the Jaguars. He proved it earlier this year. And I know we talked about Brandon Ayuk being a better version of MVS, but, hey, who knows? You know, maybe Patrick hits MVS um, on two deep shots because the Jaguars are so worried about Kadarius Tony and Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. So um, one of the cool parts about Saturday's game is you know Kelsey's going to be good. You know Patrick's going to be good. Who is that third guy you know, if you want to include McKinnon just because he's on a touchdown streak, that's fine. But, like, who's going to be that third or fourth guy that's going to prove how much a gap there is between the talent the Chiefs have? And, look, the the, the Jaguars are solid on defense, but they gave up 27 points in the first half. Are you surprised the Chiefs got the first window? I mean, the Chiefs, by theory, got the least desirable yeah. time slot. Which is given the fact they have the league's biggest, biggest star. Yes, the league's MVP. Yeah. Uh-huh. A, a little. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not super surprised. I felt like they were going to play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I thought the league, I mean, we don't have to explain Bill's Bengals. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yep. I also. Both, I looked, those, both those teams played on Sunday. Yeah. I also looked it up. So the AFC got the second matchup last year on Sunday. That was Chiefs and Bills. That was Sunday. Yes. So I felt like Fox was going to get that. So it was going to mm-hmm. be an NFC game. So and there really was, it wasn't, you know, you're, you're kind of limited in that situation. Yes. So I, I felt like they were going to play on Saturday. And, and I don't think it means anything, but I'm curious right. if you think it does. Well, in TV, in, in TV mattering too, like CBS is going to pick Bills. Bengals for all the storylines, all the reasons that we've discussed before. Um, and from a scheduling standpoint, having the Bills and the Bengals win, I think, helped the league because the Chiefs last played on a Saturday when they obviously played the Las Vegas Raiders. They had to win that game to, you know, basically ensure the one seed. And then because Jacksonville plays Saturday night, it gives both teams basically a normal week of preparation. So, hey, you played on Saturday, Jacksonville, you play on Saturday again. Uh, the Chiefs, it's like, hey, we treat it like a normal bye week. You play Saturday the week before. You got Saturday off. Now you'll play on Saturday again. And look, for the Chiefs, like, one of the sneaky benefits is, hey, if you handle your business against Jacksonville, you will be the first team through the conference round, which means you'll get the most time to rest and prepare for the next opponent if you get through Jacksonville. So, obviously, that could matter a little bit because both teams might travel to Atlanta if it's Chiefs-Bills. 
Um, and look, the Bills are going to have to play on Sunday anyway. So you're going to get an extra day of prepping um, if you handle your business on Saturday. From the league standpoint, I wonder if they also thought, too, like, man, you could tell us that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to play at 2 a.m. on Thursday night. And like we'll Amer- still we'll uh, still get a number. America's watching. Yeah, we'll still we'll still get a number, and we'll be just fine. But you know, um, if it's Cowboys 49ers, based on the location of that game being in the West Coast in San Francisco, if it's Tampa Bay, San Francisco, they have they have a decent Saturday night and Sunday night game. If it's Cowboys in San Francisco on a Sunday night on Fox, I. I might get 50 million people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Cowboys mm-hmm. are just a different beast, man. It is. It's crazy. So let's take a break here. We'll wrap this thing up. We'll talk more Chiefs and Jaguars. Take a look ahead to Saturday's divisional round matchup at Arrowhead. The Nate Taylor Show. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show. Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Nate Taylor show Nate Taylor here. Let's take a closer look at the chiefs divisional round matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw this hot take out there for you. See what you think. Oh, okay. Trevor Lawrence is us getting a second chance to watch Andrew Luck. Explain. I just think about the style of quarterback they are. Hmm. We didn't get a chance to see Andrew Luck for very long. Right. It just feels Trevor Lawrence to me is more of a throwback of maybe a generation prior kind of quarterback. You look Mm -hmm. at the look at the modern younger quarterback, a little bit more mobile, a little bit more agile, less of the traditional pocket passer. It seems like what? They also have personalities. Yeah, it seems like what Trevor Lawrence is. <laughs> not, no disrespect to Trevor, but he's just like, he ain't, he ain't popping like Justin or Josh. Or, he went to Waffle House. Or, you know, I'm going to give him a little credit, man. He I mean, he a little, Southern boy. That's, 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 what we, that's what we know it for. He went to a Waffle House. You know what? I'm going to give him a little credit, okay, man. Okay, all right, all right. I mean, he, it, it, it just feels like our time getting to watch Andrew Luck got cut a little bit short. Yes. And now we've been given a second chance through Trevor Lawrence to see how his career might have turned out. Protect this man. Um, And he plays in the AFC South, so I think that that obviously is a connector too. Um, Yeah, but like just a guy that you know is going to stand in the pocket and deliver. Um, So I I can't appreciate that, obviously, about um, the way Trevor has played. The fact that he's never lost a game on Saturday, which was one of the stats that came out after their, you know, pretty Im- improbable comeback was really astonishing. You're like, you tell me this man has never lost on a Saturday in high school, college, and pro. And what 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 day are they playing the Chiefs? Game, game is on Saturday. Game is on a Saturday. So, hey, what other bulletin board material do I have to put in front of the Chiefs? Like, you know, do not disrespect these gentlemen. They deserve your respect. 60 minutes of hard playing football concentration at its height. Um, But yeah, his deep ball, um, you know, the way the funny thing about Andrew Luck is he used to just load up on the deep ball. Like you could just see his whole body, like kind of twerk and and go 
Trevor does it a little bit more fluid, but his deep ball is really, really nice when he gets a chance to sort of let it go. Um, and look, I think I was somewhat suspectful of how good Christian Kurt was going to be. He kind of got Legereus Need a couple times in the first matchup. So uh, if I they feel give... like the passing game is far better than any of us were willing to give him credit. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk's been good. Zay mm-hmm. Jones has been good. Zay Jones was awesome in the second half. He was half. great. All three of their receivers were pretty strong in that matchup. Yeah, so, I mean, if they give him some better, you know, if those receivers either maintain or they get better or obviously if they get, you know, some additional weapons in, because um, you know that's probably how Doug Peterson wants this to go is to sort of, I won't say – be a complete identical copy of what the Chiefs have done. But, you know, Travis Etienne is that pass-catching running back, that dual-threat kind of guy. You can see, obviously, the principles between both offenses. Um, but, yeah, I, I think for Trevor to be – to have success early in his career when we thought uh, they were going to be one of the worst teams of all time under Urban Meyer, it's really cool to see. And the Chiefs now have to beat him on a Saturday to go to the AFC Championship game. It's just, you know – don't do not disrespect this man because uh, he'll he he can he can play well and so I haven't thought about him in the Andrew Luck sort of comp but um, I do want to see him play and obviously be a part of the AFC story for the next you know ten to twelve years. I think that's the cool thing right now about the AFC is you have four teams that have good coaches. Yep. Four teams that have also spent top 10 picks on a quarterback mm-hmm. that if you want the way to be good, not saying it's a hundred percent because teams miss on first round picks, teams miss on coaches all the time, but I know it's outside the playoffs, but if you're Houston, you have the number one overall pick, go get them, find the right quarterback. Yep. Hire the right coach. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take you six years to be good. You can be good in, in two, two years. Yeah. In you can be two. good in two years. What what the what the Bengals did is I think something that people can replicate, which is hey, get veterans on defense while your quarterback is under a rookie contract. And yeah, uh T. Higgins, top two, you know, second round pick. Obviously, Jamar Chase, first round pick. Obviously, you know, Joe Mixon, you know, he was taken high in the draft. So um to make it all work, you need the quarterback. But taking a quarterback at that high, who's obviously talented, and then building around them. Um, the way the salary cap is structured and the way the rookie wage scale is sort of uh, dictated. Yeah, you could be, you're right. You could be good in two years. You could be, hey, we, we're in the playoffs and we are, our trajectory is clearly taking us up. So we're going to be a contender for, you know, three, four, five years. How do you think Jacksonville wins this game? I mean, we, you and I both know how the Chiefs win this game. That is more talented. Right. And, Mah- a better and, and, and Mahomes is just lethal they have a better quarterback they're yeah. a better coach they're at home mm-hmm. they got the rest like coming up with the game plan for the chiefs to win this is pretty easy yeah right? what's the game plan for jacksonville to win this game how do they win i don't think jacksonville will fall into the trap of like some teams where it's like hey you know control the ball or limit possessions i think the way for jacksonville to win the game is to be ultra aggressive um i was a little bit leery when Doug Peterson called a timeout on fourth and one near midfield with a chance to win the game on a field goal. And I was like, hey, all right, it, look, it looks like y'all was going to run the quarterback sneak. Let me see what else you got. And then he had one of those old school plays where, you know, it's one-on-one on the edge and the running back gets the first down. Um, so they're going to have to be aggressive on fourth down. I don't care where it is on the field. Like if it's fourth and short, 
you should probably go for it. I feel like we saw a lot of that this weekend in the National Football League. And I, and I feel like it should continue, especially against a team like the Chiefs, where, again, one of the things that I really believe on is do you have a really good quarterback? Well, the Chiefs have the best. Do you have a really good coach? Chiefs have one of the best coaches. Can you score 30? Do I have confidence that you can score 30? Well, if Chiefs led the league in, in, in scoring at 29.2 points a game. So if they're if they score 29 points every game they've played this season, well, we gotta go go, we gotta go get 35. We might have to go get 38, fellas, which means, hey, fourth and five, stay out on the field and be aggressive. Hope to get maybe a turnover to some game swinging play, but you need four downs to get 10 yards against the Chiefs defense. And I'm not saying that because the Chiefs defense is excellent. I'm just saying because you know on the other side. Mahomes is probably going to lead that, that guy. <laughs> probably going to lead that team down the field yeah, you got to where guy. they're at least going to be in, in field goal range. So um, it could be a shootout where maybe Jacksonville pulls it out in the end. I don't know if they can win a defensive slugout just because at some point Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, and Eric Bieniemy calling up something that is unique and creative that will give them an advantage. Where I feel like, hey, if we have the ball and it's been a shootout already, and our guys are already confident then, hey, we got four downs to get down the field and maybe get the game-winning you know, touchdown, field goal, whatever it may be. I feel like if Jacksonville wins this, it'll be the biggest upset since the Titans beat the Ravens in the playoffs. And But, but like, it was it, – I think you remember be, that, that Ravens I do. team it, I was think, good. I, yeah, I, I think it would be slightly bigger because for as good as Lamar is, Patrick is – I mean, Patrick has had one bad half in, what, 12, 11 playoff starts. One bad half. So if you beat him and you beat this Chiefs offense, which, again, leads the league in in scoring, I think that would be a bigger upset because you don't have someone like Derrick Henry to control the game and then make those game-winning plays on the ground. That's our guy, Nate Taylor. It's the Nate Taylor Show here. You can catch him on the drive Friday at 4 o'clock, and you go on the midday show. What's your time on the midday show? I think because of the team schedule now, it's Wednesday at 1030. Okay, so Wednesday at 1030, Friday on the drive at 4 o'clock. For Nick the Quick, for our new guy, he's told me his name before. I forgot. He'll tell me his name in about 30 seconds, or the next time I'll shout him out properly. Dusty Likens up next. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.